Welcome to Pick 6 for Thursday, March 10th, 2022. Bix lives. Nearly a century after his birth, a jazz pioneer's legacy endures. This is a special day for those of us who are fans of a certain kind of jazz. March 10th, 1903 is the day Bix Beiderbecke was born in Davenport, Iowa. For those who aren't jazz aficionados, the name Bix Beiderbecke probably just sounds like a bunch of consonants and vowels pressed together. But for those of us who are into jazz, particularly the early variety, Bix is one of the giants. The thing with Bix is there's just so little for us to go on. I think that's one of the endearing qualities about him, the mystery. His early stuff was recorded in an era where everybody aimed their instruments at a tin horn. When better recording methods developed, much of what he was doing was buried in larger bands or hampered by his alcoholism. With Louis Armstrong, we have decades of recordings to go through. Bix made his first recording in 1924. By 1931, he was gone, the blueprint for the image of the tragic trumpet player. When I listen to Bix, it's obvious that this was a man who was musically ahead of his time. Each listen reveals nuances I've never heard before. He fell in love with Armstrong's playing, legend has it, when he met him on a riverboat in 1920. But from there, he developed his own sound. His playing is the polar opposite of Armstrong's hot jazz. Bix was playing cool decades before it was a genre. And that doesn't even touch on his piano compositions. The societies and museums who memorialize him today say that through his music, Bix lives. And as I get older and watch the artists and friends I know and respect pass away, I understand that truth. I'm thankful for their bodies of work because in those moments, they're tangible. I can touch their thoughts and their souls. In those moments, they are alive. Let's get into your Thursday six. The number one story today, gerrymander watch. The New York Times has a story noting a potential rarity in American politics, a fair congressional map. For years, the congressional map has favored Republicans, but that may be about to change as the nation's 435 districts look like they may be relatively equally divided between those that lean Democratic and Republican. Many had predicted Republicans would use redistricting to engineer control of the House. Number two, still no baseball deal. Another week of games canceled. Players are all over Twitter telling fans they want to play. It's all the owner's fault. But have you noticed a change in the way the media covers the stalemate? A little more anti-billionaire and labor sympathetic? You aren't the only one. The Washington Post reports with the stunning shift in how the media covers MLB labor strife. Number three, a first in a pair of pieces from The Atlantic that are really good reads today. This first one explores the irrationality of current masking policy. Toddlers must mask, five-year-olds not so much. And number four, the second, has the writer thinking about our tribal knee-jerk reactions, whichever side we're on, and the need to, quote, look more carefully at exactly what we're all fed up with. Number five, 
Black Panther director Ryan Coogler was briefly handcuffed after being mistaken for a bank robber in Atlanta in January, according to TMZ. Coogler had passed a written note to a teller asking them to discreetly hand him his cash, according to a police report, cash from his account. The bank teller called 911 believing it was a bank robbery. Police said the large withdrawal had triggered an alert. When police determined his innocence, the handcuffs were, quote, immediately removed. Coogler was in Atlanta shooting the Black Panther sequel. Quote, this situation should never have happened. However, Bank of America worked with me and addressed it to my satisfaction, and we have moved on, Coogler said. And finally, number six. He joined the Navy in 1943, serving overseas during World War II, and stayed in until 1946. In 1948, he enlisted in the Army and became a combat photographer, retiring in 1966. In 1991, he volunteered and was called to active duty with the Army in support of Desert Storm. He also spent 35 years as a part-time photographer at the Syracuse newspapers. Hal Slate, former Pacific Stars and Stripes photographer who served in four wars, has died at the age of 96. Links to all these stories can be found in the Pick 6 newsletter. You can subscribe by visiting my website, cd6.com. By what mechanism does empathy, which has rewarded me so richly as both an artist and a man, morph into knee-jerk hard-heartedness? How exactly did I become a man who wants to scream, what did you expect at someone I care for and whose husband is on a ventilator, his life slipping away? That I'm clearly far from alone in my exasperation is cold comfort, as is the distinct possibility that the past few years have taught many of us that there are limits to everything, including, perhaps, basic kindness. That's Richard Russo in his piece, My Father the Fool, in the Atlantic with your quote of the day. If you found this podcast and want to follow the conversation, don't miss out. Stay informed. Visit my website, cd6.com, where you can subscribe to my newsletters and follow along on social media. Thanks for listening. Christopher Six is a passionate advocate of community journalism with more than 30 years in the media, corporate communications, and marketing. An award-winning designer, columnist, illustrator, photographer, and newsroom leader, he is a respected voice in journalism ethics. A veteran reporter, he has created and taught news writing seminars for community colleges and the Pennsylvania Newspaper Association.